Support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at AmplifyPDX.com. Support for this podcast is also provided by the PDX Executive Assembly, a membership of leaders from Portland companies, led by executives from the Trailblazers, Adidas, Yakima, and more, the Assembly's curated cohorts of executives serve to accelerate leadership development and build a meaningful network of peers, free from press and sales solicitation. Join now at pdxexecutiveassembly.com. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. Summer is almost here up here in Portland. I mean, if you're from here, it's even been a hard year with all the rain. And with that, I wanted to do a a series about different places in Oregon that, you know, folks may not know about, they can travel to all within a day kind of journey from Portland. So I'm excited to have Bob Hackett, who's the Executive Director for Travel Southern Oregon on the show. Hey, Bob, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. And I was telling you, this is kind of a, um, a, a homer for me because I'm from Southern Oregon. I'm from Grants Pass. I, I know a lot about all the great things to do down there. And uh, I think a lot of people may not know the area, especially if they're new to Portland specifically. So, you know, I, I wanted to start, I would love to know about just Travel Southern Oregon, kind of the mission of the association, but a, a little bit about you as well and your kind of your role there in career journey. Yeah, you, you bet. Travel Southern Oregon is the uh, regional destination management organization for Southern Oregon uh, within the state Travel Oregon ecosystem. So Travel Oregon is, is the state agency, very vibrant regional program in Oregon, which is very different than a lot of states actually. And Southern Oregon in the context that we're talking about here means Douglas, Jackson, Josephine, Klamath, and Lake Counties. So an incredibly diverse region of Oregon. And as, as you say, for folks who maybe are new to Portland and never been to Southern Oregon, it's, it's like Oregon, but more, right? There's yeah. just there's a lot of it. And you got the rivers, you got the valleys, you got wine country, you got the Klamath Basin, and then you just got the sage vastness of Lake mm-hmm. County uh, out in the Great Basin. And so it is a vast space. Yeah. And I do want to dive into like break down each county and some, um, some things you can highlight, uh, in each one of those, because it's funny. I mean, I know I'm from Southern Oregon when we mentioned those five counties within even those are incredibly diverse in type of landscape, especially when you Lake County. So it'd be fun to talk about that. So what about you? I mean, you're the executive director there. Can you tell us a little bit kind of, you know, I know you oversee yeah. the association, but some of your background too. I worked for 19 years uh, as the marketing manager of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival uh, from 98 to 2017 in Ashland. So I live in Talent and, uh, you know, worked in Ashland all those years. Part of my work there was was always a very close affiliation with uh, Oregon tourism because, mm. you know, Ashland obviously is a destination and the Oregon Shakespeare Festival was a, was a main driver up of that visitation. And so, you know, I had worked with the uh, Oregon tourism industry quite a bit. 
And then in 2017, had the opportunity to move over into just doing Southern Oregon tourism permanently. Fortunately, I, I knew most of the people well, after all those years. So yeah. it wasn't that hard a transition. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Brad Nival, who's also from Grants Pass, he and I came over together. And um, Brad is now in Big Sky, Montana, doing tourism oh, wow. in, in Montana. And so, and I'm still here in Southern Oregon. And, you know, the Shakespeare Festival, I think it's very well known. And I guess it would say when people think of Southern Oregon and def- different attractions and different things to go as a t- uh, tourist and visit, I mean, that's probably the most well known, right? And so I don't know if, could you talk a little bit about the season of the Shakespeare Festival and how many, I guess, h- how many folks it brings to the region? Well, and, you know, I think I, I know that. There, there's a period of transition for the the Shakespeare Festival and actually performing arts in general. COVID mm-hmm. was incredibly rough on that yeah. industry. And so, you know, you have an organization now that, you know, just has the resources to do seven plays now. Uh, we used to do 11 and, you know, the seasons may be a little shorter. And these are all just economies and things that the management ha- is, has to do. But there's still, like I said, seven plays, three theaters running from April through October. There's now a Christmas play that they're, that they're doing indoors. So from November through December, Ashland Plaza is the best kept secret of Christmas yeah. time in Oregon. People who've never been to the Ashland Plaza to see the Festival of Lights, they're really missing something. And now there's, there's Shakespeare to go with that, a comedy, a Christmas a comedy. So, so we love that year-round addition that the festival has made uh, to that programming as well. Also, wildfire smoke was tough on them too, right? So to have Mm. more indoor performances helps them. So, so um, you know, the region's been very resilient. The wine industry, Mm -hmm. the outdoor rec, uh, the cultural Brit festival as well. Smoke has unfortunately been an issue recently too. So far, we're having the same weather you're doing. It's kind of cool. Crater Lake, I just saw the numbers for Crater Lake National Park in May down pretty significantly. If that's because the north entrance wasn't open because it was there's too much snow. And so, yeah. so we're, we're having a much later summer down here as well, which is yeah. fine well, by us. Yeah, totally. Cause I mean, some people don't know, like the weather, uh, compared to here, I mean, in Grants Pass, there's a slogan down the main street, uh, sixth street it says it's the climate and it is, you know, it's, it's just great in the summer and it's very temperate a lot of times. So when you say milder, it's, you're still getting better days than us up here. Well, in terms that's of weather, true, but, but not right. Yeah. Mild, mild for us. And you need your sunglasses. If you're coming down here. Do not yeah. forget your sunglasses. Yeah. Great. Well, Bob, I want to dive into a few, just some things to do. And you already mentioned Shakespeare Festival. Hey, there's Crater Lake, obviously a great, uh, a great chance to go visit there. But maybe we could take it, um, kind of start for me setting in a little bit, some things you might be able to, to highlight things to do if that's okay. So, you know, starting with Lake County, do you just talk about the region a little bit or, or you kind yeah, of sure. the I mean, Lake, Lake County is one of my, it's one of the, the most undiscovered best places in, in Oregon. And I say that because it's true. I mean, the geography in Summer Lake and the Hart Mountain um, and, you know, the Warner Mountains out there, the timber trail, biking trails that go through there, the, the hot springs, Summer Lake hot springs, the resort mm-hmm. and the hot springs. There's hot springs up on Hart Mountain. Uh, at the Antelope Refuge, there's a campground in Hot Springs up there. Paisley's got just the Pioneer Saloon, which is the oldest bar in Oregon. It came around Cape Horn in 1900. And you can go wow. to, the, the, to the Pioneer Saloon in Paisley. And, and so, uh, you know, it's a great place to go. And there's, there's nobody there. 
And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a, yeah. in a good way, right? Yep. The other project I've really been working on out there and that, that group out there supports a lot is, is getting into dark sky uh, tourism. For mm. those who are, are dark sky enthusiasts, that enormous piece that's called the Oregon Outback, uh, Lake Malheur, Harney counties out there. It's the largest, darkest, uh, contiguous spot in, in, you know, the United States. And wow. so we've been doing a lot of work with folks to work with the International Dark Sky Association to, to see if we can come up with some kind of um, sort of a recognition of a dark sky sanctuary out there or, or something like that, because it's a huge asset that's there. It's a driver of visitation. It's a celebration mm. of culture out there already. It's a very much a ranch culture, outdoor um, mm-hmm. uh, living. People make their, it's a lived in landscape, but it's still pristine dark. It, it's big time. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And to jump in on that, Bob, and for folks that don't know about dark sky, there's these kind of, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, which I very much, well might be these dark sky designations of areas. Is that right? How that correct. works? The, the International Dark Sky Association is a nonprofit, but they, yeah, they have a program, dark sky places program, communities, reserves, sanctuaries, that kind of thing. It's a ton of work, but we've been doing that work for two, almost three years now. And mm-hmm. hopefully we have something to show for it pretty soon. So, that, but there's a dark sky awesome. park, um, uh, Prineville Reservoir up in central Oregon mm-hmm. is the only designated dark sky park in Oregon. Oregon's late to the dark sky work. You know, you get mm. uh, Utah, Arizona, other places that are out ahead of us, but we have everything and more and we're getting there. We're doing it right. We're starting from the ground up and building a lot of community support for it. So. And then the other thing, I'll just give a teaser here for Lake County. A project I'm working on is also trying to work with folks who are restoring the Alger Theater, which is one of the old Mm. 1920s, you know, theaters out there in Lakeview to uh, have the first annual Lakeview Cowboy Poetry Gathering. And so for those people who know Elko and the National Poetry, you know, Cowboy Poetry Gathering, it's a big deal. And you know, so to be able to have that sort of cultural celebration in Lakeview, as well as sort of this outdoor rec and uh, mm-hmm. really looking forward to it, trying to go for the second weekend in October this year um, okay. and bring in, um, you know, great talent and uh, uh, also maybe some rodeo events and that kind of thing. Real Western celebration out there. So that's the Eastern edge of my world is cowboy poetry gathering. Well, I mean, even though I'm from kind of down there, I don't know a lot about, to be honest with you, Lake County and like that dark sky kind of a building around that there's a lot of opportunity because you know up here in portland we're still oregon it's still beautiful but even when you get out a little bit and you realize like how great it is to look up and see everything and not have that much light pollution i, I that would be wonderful to I go mean, down by there. order of magnitude yeah not, yeah not light pollution yeah i yeah. mean yeah yeah and amazing, the, what I love about the work that I get to do out there is a lot of work with public land managers, BLM, Forest Service, uh, Fish and Wildlife, uh, community organizations, nonprofits. Um, and so that that's sort of what I love about tourism work. Lots of different partners all coming together. Everybody's really great at what they do and just figuring out how to do good stuff together. Well, let's move on a little bit to another county. And I might for, for, for forget one, Erica, forgive me, but yeah. we'll kind of move over to, to Douglas County. So, you know, a Douglas County is, is, is a pretty, a large, has a pretty large footprint. 
uh, as as I know. So I'd love to you talk it about does. that. In the yeah. part of Douglas County that is not in my region technically is Reed's Fort. So the coast is okay. one region. Okay. So yeah. so we'll we'll leave that to the side. Um but Douglas County is the Umpqua Valley for for people who are river people, people who are wine enthusiasts. I mean mm-hmm. it goes all the way from cowboy gatherings to to you know the birthplace of Pinot Noir in Oregon was in mm-hmm. the Umpqua Valley. Uh, at uh, Hillcrest Vineyards, the first uh, mm. commercially produced Pinot Noir. Abacella out there introduced Tempranillo, first place grown Tempranillo, basically in the U.S., right? Yeah. And the the Uncle Valley wine country is, again, one of the great undiscovered wine countries of Oregon. And the quality is just off the charts. The experience at the tasting rooms for people who may be up north. And, and we love, I love Willamette Valley. This is not a ding. Right. It's just, quieter, <laughs> no. right. It's just yeah, a little, yeah. it's just a little calmer. And yeah. so um, I think people will just enjoy it. People who love going mm-hmm. to wineries will get really pleasantly surprised in the Umpqua Valley. And then the outdoor rec side, the North Umpqua River uh, is, you know, got uh, Tokety Falls up there, um, Diamond Lake, rafting, mm-hmm. fishing, Steamboat Inn is, is mm-hmm. you know, the classic place on the North Oakwa River. The Archie Creek Fire, unfortunately, did a pretty good job on portions of that, that river, but they're, again, working with the Forest Service and National Forest Foundation, great partners, the Glide Revitalization Group, and really trying to get that outdoor rec stuff, trailheads open, Things made safe so people can get back up there. And then Roseburg right, itself right. is the hub of that, yeah. right? So you have the city yep. of Roseburg mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, lots of, lots of great new restaurants, lots of like funky places to stay in Roseburg. Mm-hmm. People will be, you know, whatever they think of Roseburg, I, they'll be pleasantly surprised when they go to Roseburg and, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to jump in and say Diamond Lake, one of my favorites. It was our annual trip every year when I was a kid. You go in the winter and you go in the summer. It's amazing. So uh, I almost forgot about it. It makes me want to go back there soon. Well, about, yeah. what about where you're at? Jackson County. Well, Jackson County, uh, you know, that, so we're talking Medford, we're talking Jacksonville uh, mm-hmm. and Ashland, really. Uh, and, you know, Eagle Point and Prospect on that, that whole upper road corridor heading up yeah. to Green Lake is all running through Jackson County. So, you know, Jackson County, obviously the most populous I-5 running right, right through it. What's really going on here that will surprise people if they haven't been here in a little while, again, is the mountain biking opportunities that are now Mm. just like through the roof in the Mount Ashland watershed on Roxy Ann uh, Peak right here in, in Medford. There's a bunch of work. We'll get, well, Josephine will get up to Grass Pass. Mm -hmm. Um, but out in, and also Applegate, half the Applegates in Jackson County as well. So, right. so you have just sort of this um, outdoor wreck push that's, that's driven by mountain biking, all the hiking, the Pacific Crest Trail. I mean, I mean, it's just an outdoor wreck place. Yeah. And then the wine, wine, the Rogue Valley wine country, again, like the Umqua is a very organized group at this point. And you're, you all up north are going to start to see more Rogue Valley wines. You're going to see more of a presence because the group is past their pioneer mentality, right? The quality mm-hmm. is right where it needs to be. And the association is where it needs to be now. And people are going to start hearing more about Rogue Valley wines deservedly, you know, and, and yeah. completely different profile, warm weather. It's mm-hmm. like you said, it's mm-hmm. hot down here. Lots mm-hmm. of, uh, lots of, uh, Italian varietals, um, Rhone varietals that are growing down here, Bordeaux, mm. Claret. Um, uh, it, it's a different wine profile. So people can have a really just fun experience if you love wine and, and you won't taste the same thing twice at any, any tasting room uh, before you get back up 
Absolutely. And, and some people might know that some of the biggest wine producers up here where I'm at in Willamette Valley, they are sourcing grapes from Southern Oregon. So when you, you talk just about, let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. So you talk about Rex Hill and A to Z and even some other ones. I mean, so uh, they're onto it. They know about it. Obviously, when I come home, uh, where my parents still live, that's the first thing I do. I drop my bags. I go out to the Apple Gate hit Jacksonville, go to a bunch of wineries. Well, as we move on to obviously the crown jewel of Southern Oregon, where I'm from, right? Josephine County. Uh, so yeah, you know, love to talk about Josephine County. Uh, you know, again, I'm a little disconnected because I don't live there anymore, but what's going on kind of there as far as things Well, to do? I mean, you know, it's the best river town in Oregon, right? Grants Pass, yeah. that's the yeah. road running right through it. Then all the way out to uh, Myrtle and, and Galice. Unfortunately, the Galice Lodge, I don't know if you know that that whole building, not well, the lodge yeah. is up on the hill, didn't, but that whole right. thing burned down just a year ago, right. two years right. ago. That was a yeah. loss. But that whole corridor, just for day use uh, in the summer, uh, floating and just having a ton of fun with, with your friends. So I'm sure you did that every day in the summer. The Applegate Valley access through Grants Pass, again, huge wine country. The Rogue Valley Food Trail, is uh, sort of a, a, an, another thing that's recently been created. It's stuff that's already there. The Grant, uh, the Rogue Creamery, there, you know, the Grants Pass yeah. Dairy. You can go look at the cows. You can go get cheese at the dairy. You don't. And in Central Point, that's where the retail store is and they make the cheese. But you can mm -hmm. also go to the dairy. And the Rogue Valley Food Trail is really sort of just this visitor self-guided opportunity to, to figure out where should we go today and do cool stuff. That's outdoors. And if you care about uh, culinary stuff, it, it's fabulous. And the Applegate Valley is really connected to the Rogue Valley in that way. And then uh, the Oregon Caves. So you get out to Cave Junction. Yeah. Let's not. So we're going all the way out the other way from, from Lakeview. Yeah. We're going to go to California down here to the Redwoods on the Redwood Highway. And, and it is the Redwood Highway, High 199. It goes, connects Grants Pass to Redwood National Park. And, um, on the way, goes through Cave Junction, and then the Oregon Caves National Monument is up there. And they've just started tours again. COVID, again, really rough on mm -hmm. cave tours. Not a lot of whole <laughs> separation when you're in a cave together. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they, they had to pause all that. But now they're back yeah. and up and going. Great. Uh, and so, you know, and then the Chateau, I don't know, you know, when you live there, the, the mm -hmm. Oregon, the, the Chateau at the Oregon mm -hmm. Caves, one mm -hmm. of these 1930s lodges, a national monument. Uh, it's being redone. It's not open right now, uh, but uh, sometime next year, uh, we're hoping to have that back open again. So that right. experience is going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, the Oregon Caves is one of the, I also would say it's one of the most kind of well-known secrets. I mean, it's obviously a national uh, park, I think, and monument, but it is, it's cool to hear that it's reopened because it's, it's unbelievable. Really. It is. It is. It's special. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm missing one county. You're missing Plymouth County. <laughs> That's right. Nothing against my, you know, where I grew up, uh, I went to you know, North Valley. So there were rivals out there, some of their high school. So maybe that's why, but anyways, let's talk about Klamath County. Yeah. I mean, Klamath is ginormous, you know, yep. ginormous County. Crater Lake is in Klamath uh, County, uh, but so is the whole upper Klamath basin, right? So, yep. so Rocky Point, all of, all of the stuff on upper Klamath Lake um, and, and, and Chilliquin, the Williamson River, mm -hmm. all Spring Creek, all, all of these uh, sort of, um, Spring-fed rivers, they're very different quality rivers uh, over in the Klamath Basin. Cold, cold year-round uh, and very clear, maybe not as long as some other rivers, but then they're all feeding into, into the, uh, the Klamath River. 
And then Klamath Falls itself. I mean, they're developing the waterfront down there. There's, there's, you know, there's a new Marriott. There's plans for mm. another hotel going in there right along the lake downtown. The Fable Museum is a fabulous um, uh, Western culture uh, museum uh, in, in, in Klamath Falls. And then we also talk about Lava Beds National Monument as well. And certainly the folks in Klamath do, even though it's in California, just across the border. The, the, the Modoc War experience there, not to mention all the caves, the lava tubes that are there. Right. Really rich experience for anybody, particularly families. Like who, what, what 12-year-old boy doesn't want to go splunking all day yeah. long, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just super easy. Uh, and you can come back to Klamath Falls and have a dinner and stay to swim in the pool when you're done, right? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we're covering a lot of ground here, I know, in 20 minutes. And, um, you know, I appreciate it. There's, I, you know, I almost forget of how the diversity of kind of the, the things to do across Southern Oregon is is pretty special. And again, to reiterate what you're saying is, you know, it's not like um, there's no people there, but just the space to do these things is is amazing coming from, you know, some of the things up here up north, right? So it that's is super and during COVID, we as a region, uh, us and the coast really we weren't maybe as negatively impacted, certainly on mm. the hotel level, uh, or the outdoor rec we had a lot of visitors during COVID because there is that space. People could be outside. We had much better weather. Now the staffing issues were the actual governor on the machine there, same issues as everybody in the state. Uh, places mm-hmm. weren't serving lunch, not because there weren't people to eat it, but there were. It was hard to find staff to to serve it. Right. That's that's getting right. a little better, but we 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 track with the rest of the state on that on that uh, staff those staff issues. Well, just to kind of shift gears a little bit, Bobby, and this is a business podcast, so I'd love if you can, you know, share what is like kind of the tourism mean to the region in, in terms of the dollars it brings in, obviously the hotel room nights. I don't know if uh, you can share some of that information. Well, I mean, you know, Oregon itself, um, well, it was, the numbers are a little, a little uh, in transition with COVID, right? But sure. it's somewhere around 12 billion is, is, wow. is what Oregon as a state in visitor mm-hmm. spending on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. Down here in Southern Oregon, we're 1 billion of that. Wow. So wow. we're not the lion's share of it, but when you think about living in Merlin or think about yeah. living at town and talent, wow, yeah. the tourism industry is bringing in a billion dollars a year yeah. into these into mm-hmm. this region, and mm-hmm. and the answer is yeah, it is, uh, and and that's all visitor spending, right? So that's that's mm-hmm. the whole gamut of things, um, yeah. and so a lot of. Uh, a lot of the job of, 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 of running Travel Southern Oregon, in addition to working with, with uh, you know, the regional DMOs, the Travel Medverds, the Travel Grants Passes of the world, really just helping them with their capacity, helping them do what they need to do, is helping tell that narrative of the importance of, of tourism in the state economy. Because, you know, it's a narrative that it's, it depends on the state where you are, right? You have Lincoln County shutting down short-term rentals because mm-hmm. housing is, is an issue, right? And the tourism mm-hmm. industry needs to respond to that and engage in a, in a different way. We're, we don't engage yet at that level at Southern Oregon. Mm-hmm. But it, my point is we need to tell the story of the impact uh, and, the, yeah. and the value of tourism in the industry uh, to the state and mitigate issues caused by it. Because if we lose mm. Oregonians along the way, we're actually not helping. 
And yeah. so I think I think Oregonians, if we tell that story, they they should be proud of their tourism industry because we aren't just going after Disneyland stuff, right? We're not just trying to fill tour buses and just move everybody through. We get Crater Lake, the superintendent at Crater Lake is like, I've got enough people. I don't, you know, right. we don't need to push a lot of things right now, but mm-hmm. we do need to make the visitor experience better. And whether mm-hmm. that's more trailheads, better trailheads, more access to rivers, um, uh, better signage, it's, it's all those kinds of things to make sure the people visiting Oregon are having that unforgettable mm-hmm. experience. Not just because it helps them have a better experience. It's good for business development, for people to have mm-hmm. that experience, to consider maybe coming back to Oregon, the people they meet, seeing potential. And it happens all the time. There's all kinds of stories that people first came to Oregon on vacation and then just thought, well, I could move my business there, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, and we, we really try to stay connected with the business community that way. Well, I mean, a billion dollars, that's nothing to sneeze about. And especially no. when you think about the makeup of the types of businesses that are in Southern Oregon, these are family run businesses. A lot of them that have been in Southern Oregon for a long time. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's huge to those businesses and families. It's huge. Right? And it gets spread out across all kinds of stuff. I mean, back, back when, at Shakespeare, you know, I think the peak was, we were selling maybe $23 million of tickets a year. Mm-hmm. So that, wow. And that was a lot of tickets. That was a lot yeah. of people. Um, Absolutely. But when you take a billion, and you're looking like, okay, uh, one of the bigger industries is generating 22 million. Yeah. Well, there's wow. still a lot of other money coming through. You know who moves a, a way, uh, more people through at this point than Shakespeare does? Is Hellgate. Wildlife Safari. Oh, in- well, I, oh, wow. I was going to say the jet boats, but I guess. Well, yeah, they, yeah. they, they, move <laughs> all, they yeah. do move a lot of people through. But so does <laughs> Wildlife Safari. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and that and COVID, they just hit records all the time. Wow. What better thing than to go with your family and stay in your own car and then yeah. and just go do the safari. Yeah. Um, yeah. For people who don't know, Wildlife Safari is in, is, is in uh, Umqua outside of Roseburg there in, Win- in Winston, I believe. Right. So it's. Yeah. It's and you great... stay in your car and see all the animals. Yeah. It's not a zoo in that way. Right. Actually... Right. Um, well, Bob, we covered a lot of ground and I just appreciate you coming on and you know, spreading the word of all the great things there is to do down there. And if, you know, folks like resource wise, if where they can, you know, check out some of these things or some of the guides you have, could you just point them to, you know, yep. websites Southern Oregon, and work. Southern you know, that that's yeah. our website. And we are in the process in the next couple of weeks, we'll be launching this newly hooked up website to the travel Oregon state. Um, okay. Otis is the geeky term for the Oregon Tourism Information System. It's mm. the mother of all tourism databases and it drives the wine board. It drives Travel Oregon and we are able to hook the Southern Oregon piece onto that engine. And so that's great. And so it, it just great return of information for whatever anyone's looking for. It's going to be easy to find current. And um, again, that's the goal. The other thing that yeah. we do for resources and then because it's summer right now, we, we invest in, in a lot of uh, smoke monitoring. So we have a, a visitor, uh, you know, air quality uh, monitor page mm-hmm. for visitors because it's just real um, when, when things yep. get going in the summer. And we have no problem with it if it's, if it's really the air quality is bad in climate. And, you know, we encourage everyone to tell people that. that, that mm-hmm. People want information. That's what we learned about right. visitors. It's not that they won't come. They just want good information. And if the information is, you should consider going to, to Brookings. Like if you have a coast mm-hmm. part of your trip, 
it'd be good to do now because it's a little smoky yeah. here. Check in a week yeah. and, and it might be better. And yeah. so we are constantly in the summer sending people to have a better Oregon experience. It doesn't have to be in Southern Oregon, but people just appreciate having the information they want to know. Yeah. And so um, anyone can go onto those pages, go onto the southernoregon.org, visit our air quality pages in real time. You can see what's going on with That's the air great. quality. Well, I'm heading down there on 4th July. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. The weather's going to be ripping by then, I know. And it'll be warm. So I'm looking forward to it. And, and Bob, just thanks so much uh, for just being a great ambassador of the region and for joining the show. You bet. And did we? is there anything you love about Southern Oregon we didn't hit on? Uh, well, we mentioned the, the jet boats for people who don't know. It's on the, the Rogue River there. It just goes all the way down to the um, lower Rogue and kind of turns around. And then we, you mentioned Glees Resort, which was kind of this hub of the rafting community uh, down in Grants Pass. You know, unfortunately, it, it you know had that fire, but looking forward to that coming back. That was my very first job in high school out oh, there. Yeah. I, was, I did three things I, at the same time, wash dishes, pump gas, and blew up rafts, yeah. a true Southern Oregon. Oregon job. So, <laughs> so that's obviously one of my favorite spots, uh, just the river life and the, the river culture down there. So encourage everybody to get down there. Yeah. So summer is again. a great time to come down and see us. It really is. And so is the fall too, right? We're going to have yep. better weather longer than you guys do up there. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks again, Bob. You bet. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of That Cast a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.